0: The following interview was recorded live in Clubhouse. How do you keep yourself well when the world is zipping by you a million miles an hour? You have a boss telling you you have to have this document, this account closed by 6 o'clock p.m. or whatever it may be. You have to get home and cook dinner. Or now in the COVID era, maybe you are home and you're trying to do it all at once, manage your kids, manage your your business and manage your mental and physical health. That is why I chose a topic self care in the workplace. When we think of self care, many people look at it like it's like, you know, brushing your teeth, taking your shower, having good hygiene, which is part of it, but it's more than that. It's higher up on the Maslow <laughs> hierarchy of needs, and it's probably the most important thing you can do in your personal life, as well as in your professional life. Self-care means taking care of yourself emotionally. And today, we have a wonderful guest. Her name is Sherry and Zwetslut. Sorry, Sherry. Zwetslut. That was beautiful. Perfect. Oh, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> and in high school, I knew Sherry. We both were on the same girls' flag football team. And we both were (laughs) running backs. Sherry was beautiful. She is beautiful. She was friendly. She was popular. Really popular. And one thing we realized that we had in common is, boy, we both came from a dysfunctional family. Had no idea. No idea. This is important to note because we were both very outgoing. We both did well in school. We both had... Uh, Lots of friends and we're very popular on a lot of sports teams. So outwardly, we look like healthy young teenagers. I mean, I didn't even smoke cigarettes. I didn't drink alcohol and I did not do drugs. And I'm sure other kids may have even looked up to us and said, wow, their lives are so together. When in reality, that couldn't have been further from the truth. I did not exhibit those classic signs or textbook symptoms of a person who was experiencing abuse at home. Not so different from the Facebook culture we have today. Our young people are looking at their friends' lives and thinking, oh, look at that, they're popular in school, they're doing well, they're so lucky, and they compare their lives to them. But you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So this is another podcast for another time, but I just needed to point that out. To quote Sherry, she was raised in the heart of Scarborough in the east side of Toronto on Lake Ontario in Canada. Born into a dysfunctional family in the mid 60s as an illegitimate child of an affair. And as a result, she was raised white Anglo-Saxon Protestant culture. Sherry was the youngest of three. She had two brothers, four and six years. Sorry, she had two brothers, four and six years older. They're they're still not four and six, so forget about that. Um, Unbeknownst to Sherry, In late midlife, shortly after her husband's death, Sherry discovered she was native heritage and set out to find her true roots. After facing a childhood of neglect, rejection, and abuse, Sherry carried those negative messages into her adult life. Until. Her tragedies made her realize, you know, she was worth far more in the melt than the world seemed to be dealing her. Sherry decided to navigate and forge a new life path for herself and her children, building it on the foundation of acceptance, self-love, and self-respect. End quote. Sherry's hard work and determination paid off starting in her very first year in the real estate industry. When she was awarded a silver individual platinum team, top 10 of her brokerage chairman's club, Diamond Driver and landed herself in the top 100 in Canada for commercial sales during a designated period. Whoa, that's pretty amazing. She has made well over seven digits income since her first deal less than six years ago. She is healthy, she is wealthy, and she is woman. Let me welcome (laughs) Sherry ann Zwetludz. Hi, Sherry. Hi. How are you? (laughs) I'm great. Wow, (laughs) it is. It's quite a life. Wow. Like seriously, that's really, really that's impressive.
1: It has been exciting. It's been a journey. It has. So,
0: self care. Uh What's your definition, Sherry, of self care? Uh, self-care is the pinnacle
1: of healthy lifestyle. Uh, self-care is the ability to respect and love yourself and not feel guilty about it, not feel selfish for it. Um, to do it because it is what is required for you to complete what your mission is while you're on this planet, while you're going through your journey.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. I, I would, I would agree with that. Sure. Yeah. Sherry. Sherry. <laughs> yeah, Ange. <laughs> yeah, Ange. <laughs> Down. Hot. One. <laughs> Huddle in the puddle. Remember that? <laughs> okay. So, Sherry, if I were to hang out with you for a day, mm-hmm. what would I witness? You know, can you give me in our audience a glimpse or snapshot into a working day in the life of Sherry-Ann Zwetslut? I, I can try. Um, in real
1: estate, no two days are alike. Uh, you get up in the morning, you don't know what you're gonna, what's entailed. Uh, but what I've done to design my lifestyle, because real estate is a lifestyle, it's not like getting up and going to work as a ritual um, um, pattern each day. Every day you get up, you're in, you're in work for yourself. You're employing yourself, so it's up to you to get up and design your day. To do that successfully, I always get up in the morning with the sun. I I belong to the five a.m. club. I get up. I do my ritual of juicing, um, detoxing tea, meditation, about twenty minutes of yoga. And then I shower and get on with my day. And what that entails at that point is going out, meeting people, shaking hands, drawing up contracts, helping people transition in their life uh, to move on to the next level. They may want to sell their house. They may want to buy a home. They want to move. Um, But you always have to be aware of what you're doing because you have people's lives in your hands and the transition that you are walking them through has the ability to change the rest of their life and their entire outcome. So my day is a day of constant meditation, constant self-awareness and constant self-checking.
0: Yeah. What would that be? Like, what is this constant self-checking? Can you, what would be, yeah,
1: well you, when, when you're doing constant self-checking in my industry, you're always making sure that you're not standing in a personal position. Um, when you're working with people and um, taking care of people, it's not about me, it's about them. So it is a natural human position that when something goes awry or or um, people make comments or whatever, that you own it as a personal um, threat or attack or, or criticism. So when I say self-checking all the time, even when I'm alone, I'm always share. Where are you at right now? How are you feeling right now? If I find I'm uptight, I take a few minutes, step aside and regroup. Um, Because it's so important, especially in the working industry and in the working field, not to carry your personal emotions and opinions as armor. So that's what I mean by self-checking
0: yeah and you know what you said something there that stood out as armor because that's really what happens right like when when we are taking things personally it then the reaction can be defensiveness, yeah mm-hmm. right, and we were defensive yeah. for wearing armor, so yeah, is that something that is said in the industry self checking or is that your or those your words
1: Oh no, these are my words um, okay. everybody runs through their own careers in their own way. But I'm an observer and I've seen a lot of things over the years in this industry and I made it a personal self-choice to stay on my path of what is right for me. So when I say self-checking, I just make sure I'm not going to fall into any of those pit holes that um, are going to allow me to be upset with myself or to criticize myself or to um, judge myself so no these are my ways these are my survival tactics
0: yes th- yes and they, re- they remind me of mindfulness I mean in graduate school I studied mindfulness and that just became part of who I am and I, and it's basically like you're being aware of being aware and as a psychotherapist when I'm sitting with a client it's really important that I am in a space of, of you know as neutral as possible that doesn't mean not having an emotion not having an experience because emotions experiences are helpful if we use them in the proper way but it does mean that i'm not reacting or projecting things onto the client and i can i do that by checking in with myself on a regular basis when i'm with clients and you know and of course when i'm just navigating in the world so i really do get i i do i'd like that and i think it's really important that we do that mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. without that what are you you become primal right like
1: yeah that that's getting really deep but yeah, <laughs> without that absolutely i think you become defensive and you become um you, you own something that doesn't belong to you. Uh, I mean, we're getting really <laughs> deep into this. But, um, yeah, I think it's really, really important that when you are in the workplace um, and you are going through your day, because we were, we were trying to um, understand where our heads are at, it's just very important that to understand that, in my opinion, there are two things. An opinion and a a potential problem. So when something arises in the office, you're going to either react because you have an opinion, or you're going to step back and see there's a problem and there needs to be a solution. Um, I find that when you're in an opinion position, generally you've been triggered. Um, because you are drawing an opinion. You're you're sitting in the situation as yourself instead of being in the workplace and being part of the machine or a piston or a valve that makes the engine run. Um, so again, when I am in the workplace and I am moving through each day, I am just exactly what you said, self-aware, be aware of what your job is that day, what your duties are that day, what your tasks are that day, maybe write down a daily plan every morning and just stay focused on that. And if you find that you are in a position where, hey, the boss upset you or the person in the cubicle beside you has upset you, remove yourself, pick yourself up, remove yourself from the area. If you can't remove yourself from the area, just roll your chair back and take a moment and take a couple deep breaths and just ask yourself why am i upset here what has happened here to upset me and if you are in tune with yourself and you are self aware you're going to have the ability to say okay i see what's happened here because it, everybody runs on an emotional cycle and and we have Uh, a stimulant we have a cue a trigger and then we run through the cycle and it just keeps going around so if you have an opinion then chances are you've been triggered if you see a problem or an issue that needs to be addressed then you work with your cohorts or uh, the people you work with or yourself to find the solution
0: okay thank you yeah i mean our our brains you know in the prefrontal cortex is the you know it's the newest part of our evolutionary brain you know we've had we've had our primal brain for you know you know billions of years and this new part of our brain is is so young and now we and the old part of the brain is really important right we need to de- to detect threat because it's going to save our butts, save our lives. But in today's world, we don't have a cyber-toothed tiger chasing us down the street. And, you know, how often do you have some, you know, serial killer chasing you down the street or something? If that happens, then, you know, the fight and flight and freeze kicks in, and then you're ready. All the blood is flow is flowing to your limbs, and you're ready to fight or you're ready to, flat, to flee. Um, however, today we don't our brains can't differentiate between being hunted down by a cyber-toothed tiger in the wild or a grizzly bear and a very stressful day like things throwing at you so losing a big account at work and and feeling like you could lose your job so that's where all of this awareness comes in it's so important that you can use that prefrontal cortex to say, hey, look, no, I'm not in danger. And when we don't have self-care, then we are more disconnected from the prefrontal cortex. And they've even done research that shows that. You know, the more we're in fear and and shame and blame and stress, the the less we are using the prefrontal cortex for complex thinking and problem-solving, and would and can basically save you in life well shouldn 't say life and death situation in situations where your brain thinks you're in danger, but you tell your brain, "Hey, no, this is not i 'm not in danger i'm having I feel stressed out, I feel worried i'm going to lose my job, and like how can I solve this? What do I need to do And like you said, sherry, maybe it's just leaving the area because we don 't know what that person's personal trigger is or putting their chair back and just chilling and relaxing. Well, yeah, you you know,
1: again, if you're in a situation where um, you've lost a corporate account or, you know, you're working on a deal and all of a sudden in the last hour it it just kind of goes sideways and blows up, you have to understand one really, really important thing and that is if you are really true to yourself and you've really done your job, you've done it well. I mean, you you acquired the account originally, you completed the deal originally. If something happens where it goes sideways in the end, don't beat yourself up. Don't go to a position of Oh, am I going to lose my job? Am I going to this or that? You have to be able to... See, the thing is, stuff like that can happen and your response is going to actually decide the outcome of whether you lose your job or you don't. Um, If an account goes sideways, the eyes, yes, they're going to be on you. So it's very important that you carry yourself and understand one very important thing. That unless you deliberately... Uh, sabotaged it, then maybe you deserve to be dismissed. Um, But if you didn't sabotage it, it may be the other party that something in their life, something in their business, something in their financials, something in their legalities didn't add up and they chose to withdraw. You know, don't own it as a personal. Own it as a living learning experience. And ask yourself, okay, the the the, the 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 deal didn't close. Did I do everything I was required to do to get it to that point? Check, 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 check. Yes. Okay. Did I do something to decide for this deal to not close? No. So now you're, you have to put yourself in a position where you don't go home at night and beat yourself up for the next 12 hours and maybe um, have it ripple out into your family or affect those close to you. You need to be in the moment. You need to breathe through it, do the checklist, and then let it go. But it's very important that you do sit with it so that you can allow it to move through you. Because if you don't, you're gonna carry it, it's gonna get all confusing, and you're going to somehow make it look like it was actually your fault. (laughs) When maybe it wasn't. Do you follow me? Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. So understand that we're all working in corporate trades, manufacturing service, retail areas of the world. I mean, we work to make the world go around. Things are going to go awry. But you get up every morning and you go to work and you go to work because you enjoy it. You enjoy what you're doing. And if you don't, my advice is to start exploring what does get you to the point where you want to get up in the morning. Um, But uh, you just do your job really well and accept that things are going to go wrong. And learn from them. Every time something in life goes wrong, I welcome it with gratitude. Because something went sideways or went not as planned, not necessarily wrong. But it did not go as planned. Thank you very much because I need to learn something from this. And then I take what I've learned from that and I apply it to to the next task. And this is how you grow. If something doesn't go wrong or sideways, I hate that word wrong. When something doesn't go as planned or it goes sideways or it doesn't finish and complete the way you wanted it to, again, welcome it because you're growing
0: and take it with you. Right. And and that takes self-care to get to a place like that, because sometimes, you know, the person starts like when like with as i shared with that example about the brain the primal brain if if we don't know how if we're not aware of what we're aware of then we don't even realize that these are our thought loops just spinning out of control right mm-hmm. and so which brings me to the next um question okay so taking a break i know when i was when i was in in the office and i still do that now but when I work in the hospital setting, it is so busy, and it 's like you just keep going, go, 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 go." and there's always emergencies, and I had to just close my door, shut off the lights, and take even if I had only five minutes and just sit with myself in those five minutes, and boof, I would feel better. So that's something that I had to do ongoingly. And when you do it ongoingly and not just in the moment, like mm-hmm. when you're stressed out, that's, that's kind of like just band-aiding things, like trying to... Trying to it's like the, our medical system. Our medical system is like you go there when you're injured. You don't do anything to prevent it. So the, the habit of self-care is what really can lessen the stress reaction and... Um, keep you healthy and which brings me into this what I'm saying allowing you to be more mindful about what you're mindful about and so you know, in lifestyle so like how would you in lifestyle what do you do what is your lifestyle like that make that keeps you healthy well,
1: well let's face it we're all women <laughs> and our natural instinct is to nurture and care for so in my here's an opinion oh, and believe I say it or never not, share an not opinion. all women
0: nurture not all women nurture I well, I, I can tell you that I, as a psychotherapist but yeah
1: okay well my point Ange is this that we are women so we do tend to um, spread ourselves thin because we are by theory supposed to be nurturers and and I think that's just something natural um, you know and I've seen it in the workplace so so how do we contend with this? Because if we're spreading ourselves too thin, we're getting run down. And then you're on the path to burnout. And once you burn out, it is such a journey back. And I've seen it happen in my workplaces. And it's, it's really quite sad. Um, so what I do is I have a long time ago, um, after several um, of my life uh, tragedies, Decided a very, very long time ago, this is not okay. It's not okay to um, be spreading myself Then to be always doing for the other person, to be victimizing myself and enabling other people to do that. Uh, so I started carving out my own life by allowing myself and giving myself permission to love myself, to take care of myself, to Give myself time and not allow anyone to take away from that. Um, you know, you, you give of yourself con- consistently, so you have to give back. And I have a, a, a saying I use, a cliche that I use, and I've always used this with my kids when they, they were growing up saying, Oh, but mom, you didn't do this. Or mom, you got to come to tonight's thing at the school. or And if I really couldn't, couldn't, I would say, you know, I have to take care of the caregiver, because if I fall to my knees, who's going to take care of you kids? Who's going to take care of the the fort?
0: (laughs) Ana Luisa, planet-friendly jewelry, sustainable energy, emissions reduction, responsible water neutrality, transparency, accountability. This is part of Anna Luisa's jewelry commitment to keeping their business practice planet-friendly. We are all well aware of the issues that are happening on our planet today, and it's not enough just to know about them, but to do something about it. Anna Luisa does not take this lightly. She ensures her products are eco-friendly straight from the get-go, from the creation of the jewelries, the making of the jewelry, right up until the packaging. Which is one of the many reasons, but a significant one, as to why I decided to partner with them. A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. Ana Luisa Jewelry. I checked out their website and right away I could see why they are so successful. They have a wide variety of styles to suit every woman, even for the pickiest of jewelry wearers. That's me. But don't take my word for it. Go check it out yourself. And little final touches like the packaging gives it that boutique feel. I ordered the cutest little pair of earrings, these little stud size fishes. Is that what you say? Fishes? Or... Yeah. Anyway, they're adorable. They're gold. Well, they're dipped in 14 karat gold with little cubic zirconias for eyes, providing a doppel of sparkle. Their back posts are made from surgical steel, which is excellent for me because I have allergies and my ears will flare up if I use other metals. These little fish would make a great gift, especially since Mother's Day is coming up, right? How about a nice age-free Mother's Day gift to yourself? But do you really need a reason? Is 20% off your order a good enough reason? Use my age-free link with Anna Luisa Jewelry, and you'll get 20% off. That's Anna Luisa, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A, and my link is shop.analuisa.com backslash age-free. But for your convenience, I will add the link in the show notes. Now back to the show.
1: You know, it's really important as women, especially, and I'm not saying not men. I'm just, I guess, because I'm a woman and I'm sharing with you all. To make sure that we do carve time out for ourselves. Um, If you read, that reading time, taking a yoga class. If you want to learn to play the piano, taking those classes, jogging, uh, racing cars, climbing mountains, uh, whatever it is that fills your cup back up, you must carve time out for that every single day, whether it's if you're mountain climbing. Of course, you can't mountain climb every day. But you know what? You can take time to read an article about someone that has or Um, You could go out and get online and find those mountain boots that you wanted, or you could look at trail maps of where you may want to hike next. But carve that time out and put it into your routine and do not allow it to be jeopardized. If a client calls you and you set up an appointment with them, um, you expect that appointment to be kept. If you make an appointment with your doctor, you expect that appointment to be kept So when you make an appointment with yourself, especially as entrepreneurs, because a lot of our schedules are 24-7. When you're an entrepreneur, it's not a job, it's a lifestyle in in any of the part of the industry of being an entrepreneur. So you must allow yourself that time and give yourself permission to have that time. And then reward yourself as well when you've done an accomplishment and reward yourself. When your kids or or people around you or if you have a staff or a team and they do well, you reward them. So quietly reward yourself and learn to take care of yourself first. Because if you don't take care of yourself first, it's a selfless thing, first of all. Um, It's selfish to not take care of yourself. Because if you don't, then everything that you've built can come tumbling down or the people that rely on you yeah
0: yeah that's wonderfully said sherry like i i Mm -hmm. that's beautifully said and i think that's really really important and i i mean every day yeah i believe that like we need to take care of ourselves do something every day and i have to say i don't do it every day i try and i really love your example of how you can extrapolate from let's say you can't get out there if you're a hiker or a walker Read an article for 20 minutes about it because it brings you back to that place, your special place. Mm-hmm. And I think that is is, is beautiful. I, and I just love how you share that. And mm-hmm. that's something that, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it, I'll add it, to it, my it, repertoire.
1: <laughs> well, it keeps you from dropping the ball. Like when you and I were running down the field and we were told to lob, if I wasn't up to my game, I wouldn't have caught your lob or vice versa. You know, mm-hmm. you have to really... Understand that you have to take care of yourself to make sure everything in your world stays on schedule and runs as you want it to. And it not it it all it won't always run as you want it to. But when it doesn't, then you're healthy and wealthy and wise enough to to know how to move through it with grace.
0: Yes, yes. Well, how about? I just want to know. Like, I mean, for me. Um, of course, self-care, emotion regulation, they're all tied in together. Um, But I want to talk a little bit about sometimes at a time in your life where maybe you didn't have self-care or you had an off day because we all have off days and where we do and say things we don't want to do. And um, then we look back at it. It's like, oh, yeah, I can see why I did or said that I didn't I didn't adhere to my own standards, my own standards of taking that time for myself and doing A, B, or C. So, you know, you Sherry are a busy woman Mm -hmm. and you are an active participant in your own life, meaning you make life happen as opposed to waiting for life to happen to you, Mm -hmm. you know. However, this is likely something, you know, that you've had to really work at and you continue to work at today, an ongoing skill requiring ongoing attention. Uh, You're a successful woman, a a mother. I imagine juggling all of this can get hectic at the best of times, right? And we all have, I said, good days and not so good days and bad days. Uh, When things go our way, we feel good about ourselves, others, and life in general. And we call this being in a good mood. And at these times, we often breeze right by life's minor annoyances, and sometimes we don't even notice them. Uh, Given the high-stress moments, many of us, you know, we live in, like I said in the introduction, we live in a very fast-paced world. Even in COVID, there's a lot of new stresses that have come up. um, And it can leave us in what we call a bad mood and behave in ways And saying things that are not in our best interest or in others, like snapping at her kids or a co-worker or spouse, you know. So I guess what I want to ask you is thinking back to a time, you know, when you lack the awareness and clarity or a moment and identified more with, you know, life happening to you, a victim of your circumstances, so to speak, I'll also ask you the flip side. So I want to leave the best for last. Uh, did you experience like, did you experience bad moods because of life's events, like in that psyche at the time? And if yes, how did it affect you and those around you? Well, yeah, I grew up in a dysfunctional family, and uh, so I should have said know, post-childhood. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but even then, right? <laughs>
1: Well, as as I was saying, growing up in a dysfunctional family, you, the messaging systems you carry with you into your adult life can create that same vortex where you're thinking, Oh, why is this happening to me? It's always happening, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, it can create um, a very negative environment for yourself, but... You know yeah i I like everyone in life, you make decisions you're you're upset, something has happened, you've lost perspective, um, you're not grounded, and you make decisions or you snap at someone, and it it really had nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with you. Um, you know, again, it takes you back to do you learn from it, move forward, or do you not um when is when was the pivoting point? Uh, I guess the the pivoting point was when I ended up in a shelter with my kids due to an abusive marriage. And you know, even prior just prior to that, you realize that if things keep going wrong in your life, and you you feel that you're depressed all the time, or that you're snapping at people all the time by all means reach out and seek help. Um there's no shame in seeking help. I'm I'm I've had therapy and you know it's it was probably some of the best that that was a real self-gift. You know, I knew something wasn't right when you watch the world around you achieve and you're there thinking, why, did, why always them and not me? Why can I not achieve? Why am I not good at something? When you have so many whys and you have so much blame, then you know that it's time to pick up the phone and, and call your doctor and get, get, seek some help and, and talk to somebody, talk to a professional who can help you gain insight into what may really be going on and, uh, move, move forward from there and, and understand there's no shame. There's no shame in mental health. In fact, there should be more support for people to get mental health. It's not a taboo thing. I I'd love to Figure out where all of that started. <laughs> I mean, you break your leg, you go to the hospital and get yeah. it fixed. If you're diabetic, you go to the doctor, you say, I'm sick all the time. What's happening? Take an injection. Okay. You walk in and say, I can't get my head straight. I'm crying all the time. My world is crumbling all the time. I'm afraid maybe of self-harm or maybe I'm, I'm damaging you know, the well-being of other people. Help me. It's, mm-hmm. it's the same it's the same and just as, for some reason when people put mental health on it it becomes a closet secret
0: yes yes and, I agree you enough. know
1: so what did I do yes I I went through a couple years where I didn't like myself at all and if you don't like yourself chances are the people around you don't like you either because you're projecting Mm-hmm. But I had the ability to say, this is not okay, I want more, and reached out. And then from that reaching out, um, I learned, and your thinking changes. And then I was able to pivot. And once I started pivoting, all of the credentials started happening. The life-changing experiences started happening. I, I started watching my children succeed. Um, mm-hmm. and, and
0: I really liked myself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's.
1: Especially I always say it,
0: when you change on the inside first, everything on the outside changes too.
1: Well, yeah, but unfortunately, when you're in that dark spot, all you see is out because you're in a dark room. Yeah. So you exactly. can't see within, you can't see That's anything right. else. Yes. And when you're in that dark spot, Everything that is illuminated is outside and around you. So you start comparing yourself. You start watching other people. You start wishing and envying and coveting. And and that Mm -hmm. just makes everything else worse. Because now what you're doing is you're devaluing yourself.
0: And you've Mm -hmm. lost
1: sight of your own potential. So, you know, if, if that's the case, then you need to start small and start by either calling someone talking to someone if you're not comfortable with that then start with some self-help books start by getting into a, a course or a lesson that mm-hmm. you might like but sit down with yourself and decide what it is about you that you want more of yes. and once you come through that and this is something <laughs> I've done in the last couple of years it's Dealing with emotions, you know, because you can come through that, but you still may have a few triggers um, that you carry through with you. So I get up.
0: Yeah, we always have them, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: yeah. And I don't get up every morning and do this anymore, but I, I would get up every morning until it was branded into my head like clockwork and write down the top 10 emotions that I feel every day. And you write them down. And then as time goes on... You start to see a pattern. And then when that happens, you write down the top three emotions that you want to be. So I want to be happy. I want to be excited. And I want to be full of love. And you put that on a sign and you stick it on your wall. And those are your, your emotional affirmations. And you look at it every single day till it becomes a part of your thinking. So then when you go out into the workplace or the, the world and something goes wrong, you don't get triggered and back on that path because you've programmed yourself to be happy, excited, and full of love. So you never look at something the same again. And what it does is it detaches you from owning someone's projection. And it detaches you from owning someone else's emotion. Um, you know, it it almost takes away that empath feeling where you feel you have to... Uh, a mesh with someone and it allows you to look at something and say okay I'm happy excited and I'm full of love and I'm I see this has happened and it just it allows you to be in the moment but not own what doesn't belong to you do you follow me
0: yeah I do follow you and I'm thinking like the enmeshed part is that's what is the that's the trap like if somebody starts to get activated and then you respond in like i work in psych hospitals and you know often people would like these are professional mental health professionals doctors and social workers and like myself and i would say to the client you need to calm down you know i've never seen anybody calm down when they're saying you need to calm down and and what they're doing is they're just they're getting trapped into their drama because they've been activated by whatever mental health issues being displayed by the client instead of just staying in their own awareness and saying something like, I see that you're angry, how can I help? That all usually works, right? Like there's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, what I want to ask you lastly here is, um, um, you know, when you discovered your your native heritage, that must have been so amazing. And ha- and th- I'm asking you because of this. I read a book, I can't remember this author's name, but she's a a tree scientist, a, uh arborologist, I can't remember the name of it, but Ar- Arbor? Of what they're called. Yeah, but she does, she studies, and, and she was, anyway, she was in Ireland, she has a PhD, but now she lives in Ottawa, and... She, well, she was raised, um, her parents died very young, so she was raised with relatives, and she would go to this little town every summer, and everybody was, like, concerned about her because she was a, the only child, and she was female, and she was living with um, full-time with an uncle who was just, out, he was like a bachelor, he didn't know anything how to raise a child. but So what they would do is they would... She was an ancestor of some Celtic um, deep beliefs and um, connected with uh, deep spiritual roots. So they wanted her to be in touch with her roots so she would have some type of coping mechanism and ways of dealing with the world, you know, growing up in Dublin in the city um, so she would be, be, be stronger. So they would take her and they would pass her day to day with different people in the village. And they'd spend the day learning all about flowers and herbs and the medicinal um, values and, of the flowers and herbs. And another day with somebody else, we'd teach them how to deal with stress. And she said that that's, it helped her so much. And I had this conversation with Ruth once. This Ruth is in the audience right now. And I thought after that, at least reading that book, I thought, you know, I wonder if we were just to go into our own, Past and into our own history, like our own, what what's in our DNA, what kind of ways did they cope with stress? It may be more beneficial to some uh, to do it that way than to just because the world is getting smaller. We all think about mindfulness. We all think about the same thing, um, but instead going to your roots because that might be feel more accurate to you. And now that you've been in touch with your native roots has that had an impact on how you take care of yourself in terms of self-care wow
1: (laughs) um i have to think about that for a minute uh i mean i'm still on the journey to uh learn uh, about my culture and and how in depth it is. I think I've always possessed. Now that I'm I'm reaching out back to my my tribe, if you want to call them that, or or my my um, family that I've found, and I I see and understand the traditions of our native culture. Um, I can look back over my life and see where there's similarities in coping skills that I did not realize were similar until now. So, yeah, that's a tough question, Ange, because.
0: No, no, I don't mean to put you on the spot. I just mm-hmm. thought, I, I wasn't sure how far you are, were on your journey with um, oh, that. I, I mean, with, with your new culture. That's all and well I, I've, I've been
1: oh, yeah. part of my new it, it's as that I guess that's what I'm saying you know, growing up, I look back and I was always meditative, I was always mm-hmm. close to nature. I always found um, um, sanctuary in in being in nature you know there was the way I dressed and just there's a lot of similarities that when i I started pursuing my um, cultural Heritage about eleven years ago, I, I and I would come across things. I'm, I'm Mohawk Iroquois, so we're longhouse. It was like, wow, that's what we do. Well, I I kind of did that when I was younger, oh, and it, oh, it's it's like it, it's in the DNA. So.
0: Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah,
1: and so you know, does it assist me now? Well, sh- sure it does because I've been able to take what I've learned. Um, in coping skills and apply it um, a little deeper into my my um, my remedies or my my self health regime. Uh, one of them, you know, I, but you see, I always did smudging. Then I do it now. Mm, now I can do it with more um, understanding and and there's there's a, a deeper connection to it. Um, were bear clans who were medicine people i I look back and I was always one for um forging in the bush and bringing home edible plants and stuff, even back then and so I mean the I feel like I'm kind of off topic, but has it helped no, you? I yes. don't think so
0: at all no, no. okay No, that's like so, <laughs> self care I think that's <laughs> yeah. wonderful yeah you know
1: the, the so it was always with me when things were tough, I'd always disappear and and go forging and now as an adult, when things are tough, my sage and, and my eagle feather comes out and I, I go off and have a meditative moment, um, you know, yeah, I guess it's helped.
0: <laughs> well, that's beautiful because I guess it's kind of like you were doing these things and possibly because it was part of who Sherry really is. and But you were doing it just thinking not even knowing maybe why you're doing it, just that it felt good. That's right.
1: That's right. And
0: I think that's, that's a key too. When it feels good, keep doing it, right? You know, because... <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that's
1: what our gut's all about. And, yeah. and uh, you know, my culture is huge on that. If, if you have even the slightest um, feeling that something's amiss in your gut, then you're to follow that because it, that's what keeps you on path. Unfortunately, um, in this day and age, people tend to overthink things. People have lost that intuitive path and they've gone on with what's logical, what's practical. Everything is like binary code. Uh, you know, what may appear to be right may not be right for you. So you need to, again, become self-aware um, yes, be grounded and follow that intuitive path, because that's what's going to lead you to where you need to to go. And when you are on that path, that's when you're in your best, because when you jump tracks and pursue something, because that is what you're expected to do, that is what's right. That's what is being asked of you. That's when you become frustrated and that's when you become annoyed. That's when you become um Overworked. You 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 tend to run out of fuel quicker because you're trying to feed what is expected of you instead of doing what is genu- genuine generally and genuinely um pathed for you. Mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know you so you, you, you eloquently you re-
0: said that. Mm -hmm.
1: You should really, and and in the workplace too, if you find you're getting frustrated all the time, you're short-tempered, you're you're unhappy there. So maybe you need to sit down quietly and really evaluate what you need to do for yourself to find peace and happiness in what you do for your, you know, uh, bread and water.
0: Yeah, or maybe you just need to do more (laughs) self-care. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, You know, sometimes we think it's the job, but it's us. But uh, yeah, I think that was well said, like very beautiful, beautifully said. And um, I really appreciate you sharing your thoughts and perspectives. They're very helpful and insightful. And I really want to say, Sherry, I know like I haven't, I haven't been in touch with you since high school and I really want to say as a survivor of a, of a difficult childhood myself and congratulations, even if you didn't have a difficult childhood, like you've achieved so much as, you know, a working mom and your insight and, and what you're giving back now with your, your courses for real estate, et cetera. I really want to say, you know, thank you and congratulations and if I were your mama, I'd be super duper ooper proud of you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks, Ange. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're welcome. Unless you have anything else you want to share right now, Sherry, I will turn it over to the audience and see if they have any questions for you or anything. No, I'm good. I'm good. You do your thing. Thank you, Sherry. Again, that was recorded live on Clubhouse. Later, I had to do a few edits in the intro just to fit it into this podcast. I will also add uh, Sherry's course details in the show notes. So until we meet again, don't let age be your cage. You are a shining star.